0: Um. How's your holiday going? Not, not starting yet, but um, looking forward to it, and preparing some some interesting stuff. And uh, it was my my wife's fortieth cool. birthday
1: yesterday, though. So the first oh, the congrats. first lady of Miro. I know that you're busy. I don't want to take too much of your time today, but wanted to introduce you and. Continue this show. The point of the show is really to interview immigrant entrepreneurs to the U.S. I, I feel like the country is kind of in crisis, and we have a lot of opportunity here. But I, I really enjoy hearing stories of immigrants. I'm a first generation myself, but um, Mariano, I know that you came from Argentina, so would love to hear just a little bit about your background and your story, um, and how that led you to mural, um, and what it was like to grow up in Argentina. We had Guillermo Rausch from Marcel who also grew up in Argentina previously but would be great to hear your story too. Excellent. So yeah,
0: so I I was born a long time ago now, 42 years old. Um so it was um yeah, I I grew up in the 80s and 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 of course became a teenager and and so forth in the 90s, which was an interesting time in Argentina coming from like a well, probably opening up to the world in the 90s, right? And and a lot of inflation and, and and coming back to the democracy and so forth in the 80s. And then in the 90s with a pretty progressive, liberal guy, Menem, coming from the, um, again, traditional Labour Party, let's call it, from Argentina. Uh, yeah, interesting thing. And one of the things that happened in, when I was 12 years old in 92 is that my dad was assigned, he worked for IBM. He's, he, he'd been working for IBM a long period of time now, and he, he lived he, he worked like 17 years there. But I was assigned to, um, we were assigned to, to work in, in New York, in Chappaqua, upstate New York, head, close to the headquarters in Armand. Um, and that was nice. like a pretty interesting experience for me, like 12 year old, I was uh, born in Argentina and, and went to all boys school, play rugby, and and did a lot of stupid boy things, and all of a sudden, <laughs> I, I, I boarded like, first day of school, like, in the middle of the year, right, like, year, the school system, they go from, like, uh, what, March to December, in the US, it's September to January, to, sorry, to June, so it's January, boom, first class, it was a test, and I got a 33 out of 100, <laughs> I remember doing like random multiple choice, so random multiple choice, you get a 33, so it's not that bad, um, <laughs> and then I had to like learn like, yeah, I started to get somewhat bullied, but again, it was relatively big, so I, I did not get that, but again, I understand like, hey Mariano, are you a F-A-G-O-G-G-O-T, and I said like, I don't know, because I literally didn't know what the word was, right? Uh, and then the girls came came and, and supported me. And and fortunately, I was good at soccer. So, I mean, and soccer was starting to pick up in the U.S. So I, I, I eased my way into society, let's call it through sports. But um, it was cool for me because early on, I, I understood, um, again, culture in the U.S. Of course, it's, it's cute culture, right? Upstate New York, it wasn't the hood. It was like pretty, I mean, rich people's lives in some ways, right? Um, yeah, I mean that's where the Clintons live now. <laughs> yeah, indeed, <laughs> um, but 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 still an interesting perspective as a as twelve year old to I don't know, Michael Jordan and and Wayne Gretzky and and yeah, doing the full loop of the becoming an American, right? So if you do, I don't know, um, Halloween, Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas, uh, F- Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's, Fourth of July, and whatever, you become an American. So uh, (laughs) then I I had to come back, but I always remember that experience and a story that I heard from a, I'm going to switch topics here, but I mean, a a London London School of Economics professor, which I found interesting speaking at an event saying how bullish he was in America, because uh, he had this theory and and it, it takes short period of time to become an American, right? He went over and asked a French colleague, professor, he was from Sweden. How long does it take for someone to become French? And they said, well, I don't know, I need to learn the the language and taste of wine and perfume and sophistication, the art, 14 years. Okay, great. And then he went, I don't know, Japanese guy. And he said, how long does it take for someone to become Japanese? And they went like, well, I don't know, uh, never. Right? Because I mean <laughs> you never become Japanese. There's a word for gaojin, right? Like non-Japanese. Uh, but but again, he made the joke that in one year in America and again you choose your team, you, I mean, you do the whole seasons, and yeah, it
1: embraces you. <laughs> so you you learned very quickly that anyone can be an American. That's kind of your takeaway. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and and of course, I mean, what does it mean to be quote-unquote an American, right? And of course, I took a very skewed perspective in upstate New York, working at IBM, but um, yeah, it was cool, mm-hmm. and, and also the, other thing, the cool thing that happened in 92 was so I had a friend that we started a company later on in our lives that we played a lot of video games with, and both our parents worked for IBM, and I... I did so and we we connected through oh, the wow. IBM network to each other from New York to Buenos Aires in 92. So that was the first time that I also saw like long distance real time communications again digital communications right because we were chatting through IBM's right. green screen I don't remember what it was but it was super cool to see that so again being in Argentina but away from Argentina was also like a very nice uh, cool, we can be, feel somewhat connected even if we're so far apart.
1: Right, and, and yeah, IBM's green screen, talk a little bit about that, so, so you had access to some early form of the internet then?
0: Yeah, IBM's network that they, I think, later sold to AT&T, but uh, both our parents had credentials there, <laughs> yeah. and we, we kind of took advantage of that, I guess, um, uh, and yes, we,
1: we got into some system that allowed real-time chat, That told, told yourself. Mm-hmm. That's super cool. In '92, which is before AIM, before ICQ, before yeah, well, during other we, I, I remember out. we had a prodigy. I think that was something that prodigy. Yeah. <laughs> I remember prodigy too. <laughs> that was uh, that was like the the, 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 the cheaper AOL. <laughs> yep. And and so so you your your dad works for IBM in uh, in New York, which they still have a, a big headquarters there. And and then you move back to Argentina. What was the reason yep. for moving back? Well, the the was just one year. It's like well, one you
0: no know, training. Right? So, uh, came back to to Argentina, but so, like, like, my 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 language improved, and my awareness. Like had to skip a year forward because of the different. So, I I I, I like finished sixth grade and went into eighth grade, like or some I don't know. No, I don't. Know, well, something like that. No, half of seven. So I, I was like pretty progressive in my thinking, and and sure. and and. Again, but again, I enjoyed being uh, in Argentina, but also because my dad worked for IBM and he had a lot of miles, we had to travel a lot. We were fortunate to keep <laughs> in touch with a lot of my friends and and come visit again in New York and and and. So that that gave me like a nice uh, way to keep in touch with with, uh, with with the U.S. and people from the U.S.
1: Right, and and uh, what was it like in, in Argentina? That you probably went through a couple cycles of hyperinflation there. Maybe talk a little bit about that too.
0: Yeah, so again, I was very young for for the big hyperinflation, uh, like '88, '89, um, so again, yeah. was like eight nine years old, so like can't recall much. I mean, of course, the, then the the cycle in 2011, 2001, I actually was graduated from from college. Uh, the day that the president was, ex- he uh-huh. <laughs> left running around in with, with an airplane, right, like out of the, the R equivalent of the White House. So that day was like end of 2001. So after the global <laughs> crisis, because of the, the, September eleven plus Argentina, it was really hard to get a, a job, actually. So I, I graduated and it was like right. impossible to, to get a job. Um, so I started a company out of necessity with my friend that did the chat thing with IBM. He was fired from his computer uh-huh. developer job in Reuters, the information company. And we started building a, yeah, our own software company that built projects for others.
1: Um, and, and this is is this Trace Melon's or Three Melons? No. Or is this a some, this is another company. This
0: was before Three Melons, so a company called Synchromind. <laughs> uh, which we didn't know what we were doing really. We just like knew that we we wanted to build software and We need to find clients. So, but again, at at 21 years old, it was a good experience for me to um, actually hire people, sell, uh, fire people, uh, I mean, move money around, hire an accountant, all at
1: 21. Uh, And out of necessity, right? More at opportunity. Right, because there was no there was no jobs. So in order to make money, you had to do something. So you basically started this software firm. and, and did you did you find customers or and how did that go?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it was hard. Uh, we we were we got lucky with a guy that some IT guy in, in Tyco T Y C O the the conglomerate that uh, yeah. uh, needed to build a complex uh-huh. um, buying system, right? Like the the, the way to quote. Those systems are complicated. It's like build like a canal fire system for a building, right? It's like so many parts and so we actually build that like a system to buy self sellers quote complex systems. So yeah, we mm-hmm. we, we again <laughs> it was a services company and we got that one and then some universities and then um yeah, at some point I was like very interested in in, in making games. I, I was playing games and I wanted like to do something in the gaming industry. And of course, Latin America back then had no support uh-huh. from Sony, Nintendo, or, or or Microsoft for developers to do uh, developer for their consoles. And most of the marketing uh, way back when, early two thousands, was all console games, like online games, mobile games, of course, and. And uh, other types of platforms were like very, very, very nascent. So we said, okay, how do we break this situation? Because we, we again, we couldn't afford not have the know-how. Not it was really hard to get a developer kit for Xbox or whatever. Uh so we said, okay, let's do games for fl- on Flash for advertising. All right. So we that was the the opportunity that we saw. I'm being in, in in Argentina, and this is one of those things where I, I made a change in mindset through life. But that was the first uh, change. We uh, we saw the opportunity because there were some other agencies slash studios doing games for advertising in the U.S. And I was following folks, so I learned about it. So my my first approach was okay, let's carve out the market, and we'll we'll be the ones that for folks in Latin America wanting to do games for advertising, we are we are the ones. So that was the first version of that company, uh, Adver Games, um, and having like the, the little mode of basically networking and and using uh, our network and and fathers networks and so forth to get in touch with marketers and in large firms in in Latin America. So that was how we started and we built our first few games, uh, and that's how uh-huh. some I mean, founders in Latin America do. Uh, to differentiate their business, right? Like
1: they have the X Y Z for Latin America. Hmm. Wow, and and uh, and that that ended up being a pretty big success. Uh, you sort of, I guess, Rick Thompson from Playdom reached out to acquire you guys, or how? Yeah, how so it, how yeah, that, was, that, yeah. that
0: company we started in 2005 and created games for uh, again Latin American brands first, but then I started traveling to game conferences and we started getting. International clients so Disney, Lego in particular was a great client of ours. Huh. So great games for Lego, great games for Lego Indiana Jones, Lego Star Wars. And our games were like cutting edge. And two things happened. One was um, where the Lego games were being played by tens of millions of kids. But we only charged mm-hmm. them $100,000 or $150,000 for the game. So like, shit, not a, not a good business model. Oh no. And the other thing was, or there's a third one. The other thing, like, we were in one of these events and a guy that worked for Nickelodeon used one of our games as a reference. Hey, guys, we need a game like this quality. I said, like, holy shit, great. Well, we, good for you because we actually built that thing. Uh, so I said, that, that, I grew my chest, right? I grew my confidence on, on being able to be world-class, at least in the development side of things. But the third thing that happened was Facebook opened the platform. You were there,
1: right? Yeah, um, yeah. Of course. I, 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 so, and a bunch of game developers started to build on top of it. That was actually the primary exactly. use case, which was not the expected use case.
0: <laughs> exactly. So
1: F8, with all of its
0: nuts virality, uh, and we actually uh-huh. built a game designed again. We, we we knew that we were good at producing like pseudo 3D games on Flash. Um, so we said well, let's play a soccer game that you could actually play on the browser and put it on 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 Facebook. Wow! And you could challenge your friends from a home and an away game. Uh, so you play your home game with with their AI and send them the challenge. Hey, I beat your AI, whatever. Three one. Beat uh, me back. So the the, the actually the, the viral loop was really fun and and, and rewarding, right? It wasn't just like some spammy thing. Anyway, uh, we were we we took a little money from from angel investors, uh, people that again didn't be believed in us as individuals, but the opportunity was very very unclear, um, and and a lot of them friends and and family, uh-huh. right? Like actually it was my my. For my my then girlfriend's mother and so my mother in, former mother in law and a, a friend of mine from school's dad, my dad a little bit of money, and then a weird entity from a bank Santander bank that deployed us think know ten million dollars into startups or maybe even less than that so we we took that money and it was really hard that wow. year because we had to have like our gaming company was providing right we were doing like games for Lego and Disney and company. But then we wanted to build our own game, and that services uh-huh. to product transition is super hard for companies, and it was hard for us too. But again, we were able to manage to get it almost there, but then we were missing out like three, four months, and we didn't have the publishing infrastructure to actually operate the thing. And yes, a company called Playdom, and in particular, it was a guy called John Plessens who was connected with some folks from Argentina that I know it was hired from EA to run that company. And, and he he started a roll-up strategy for game studios to compete with Zynga, and we were one of those right. studios. And yeah, we we sold the company, uh, 2010 to them in March was like a cash and equity deal, and in September or August, Disney bought Playdom for I think mean, 700 million dollars or something like that. Uh, so we we turned all of our equity into cash. So it was a good success in the sense that. We started not knowing how to build video games. We became really good at it. We created our own game. We kind of like published huh. with these guys. And the game was played by 20 million people during that 2010.
1: So Wow. Yeah, I mean, I remember the, the number of games that had tens of millions of users. And then Farmville had hundreds of millions of users, I remember. It was just it, it, the whole platform that Facebook had built ended up being the primary way in which people were communicating socially and and, and games emerged big time. Um, And and the smart thing I think Playdom did was go and buy these studios up, put them all together, and then sell the bundle to Disney, which is ultimately what ended up happening. Um, I I don't know. Do you know if Disney did well on that or what ended up happening to all the the games? No. I mean, the the whole category was...
0: Weird, right? Like,
1: yeah. In general, like, yeah. there are only a
0: few games. that You mentioned Farmville, and there were some other ones that uh, were like really well designed. Most of them were like something that worked, like slap another color and do something else, right? So, Farmville and then something elseville, and and so forth.
1: Uh, it's treasure Treasure Island, I remember the the primary uh, thing to do in that game was dig for treasure, which was <laughs> kind of hilarious. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so, I mean, um, and then of course mobile came, came, came by uh, and the company was not structured for that. I mean, most of the technology was on flash and like web as a distribution channel, partnerships on web, mm-hmm. payment systems, of course, iPhone early, early phases. So anyway, that, that whole industry is challenging because there's like the, the, the trends in terms of IP and what people like and also the, the technology trends. So,
1: Right. But anyway. So game. so how did that tri- so that must have informed your view on Mural because the the rendering engine behind Mural is as shades of gaming like there is animation and all the the visual representation of knowledge that it seems like you were primed to build Mural coming out of the gaming industry.
0: Yeah, possibly and and also like I was designing a new game I wanted to design a game about emotions and and yeah these creatures connected through us to social, media, to social media through us and, and seeing how we, how we felt and dance. Yeah. And so I was, I was trying to design a game I was using PowerPoint. And I, and I, I needed something more than that. And yeah, that inspired Mural. Then how we made decisions around design and so forth. How many decisions of them were uh, from, from, from the gaming background? Probably a few. And, and, and some of them you don't really know, right? They just come natural because of, you're immersed in that. Uh, but but another pattern really happened, which was that we ended up doing enterprise software, and guess what? We didn't know how to. We didn't know how to, right? Like this company was born for a use case, and then we we evolved to become another thing, and and probably that uh, again, as I said, courage and adaptability uh, came that came in from me, like in the can environment, political environment was always changing, and, and economic environment was always changing. And, and of course, we jumped into creating games, which we didn't know how to create games, and we, we, we were successful. All those little things probably helped out. Um, I'm also seeing something that happens. Uh, there's an organization called Endeavor, Endeavor.org. And the nice thing that they did is, like, they put together mm-hmm. yeah. support networks for high-impact entrepreneurs. So folks that were doing something impactful and helping them be more impactful, but also putting them as role models, right? And and showing them as interesting people that did something interesting, but also as, like, regular people, too, right? So all of these times, I was also, like, seeing peers and through, like, friends and, and networks that, hey, this guy did it. Why cannot I do it? and And, way back when, like there were like less cases, like me right, like um a guy from somewhere else or like the ones that you're hosting here that came to the u s or even from their own countries, they mm-hmm. had like an impactful global or or somewhat global company um but now
1: there's many more right so right, but at the time, this is twenty twelve right 2012, 2013, I bet mhm. And it was it it was basically, you know, there were no no entrepreneurs from you know not, not very many from Latin America at the time that were building. I mean there was you and, and the new bank founders and a few others, but other than that, it was a relatively small community. And and now, you know, mural is a is a wild success. And so I I you know maybe talk a little bit about how you started mural in, in Argentina and then moved to San Francisco and what the what the decision behind that was. Yeah,
0: so, so because of this name, uh, I was going back and forth, Bay Area, LA, and, and Buenos Aires. Um, so I was already in touch with Silicon Valley, let's call it, right? So I was aware of um, was who and, and Platinum had raised, I don't know, $60 million from Lightspeed and some others. So I, I was aware of the whole venture capital loop and circles of virtual circles right around that. Uh, So that on one end, and then on the other end is like I knew that if I wanted to do another company, I would want to be the Playdom, not the one acquired by Playdom.
1: Right, of course.
0: And in order, and and then again, I I figured that in order to do that, we need again, you need to be like where the market is at, and, and and in particular, the market that we're building for was mostly in the U.S. Right, like half of the world's software spend is in the U.S. Um so we incorporated it was an LLC first because we didn't know if we we're going to be moving or not and then quickly we realized that because of the market because of but also because some investors started to ask us for a c-corp we said okay let's do it and and then once we had some signaling that there was something interesting but not much, to be honest. I, I could have stayed a little more there and, and not pay San Francisco rent for a year. <laughs> but uh, whatever, I did it anyway. Uh, it was good because I started connecting with people and people that helped out a lot along the way. So, uh, but yeah, I, I just knew that I wanted a global market, a global impact, and a big company. Uh, so yeah, in US, still today, with, with again, Problems or not, it is it's still the, the the place to be.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And so you know, you've I remember we had met early on, <clears throat> and I was building my company at the time. And now, uh, it, it took maybe talk about how Mural's strategy, Mural's product, and how COVID sort of affected uh, the business. It, it seems as though that was a pretty big tailwind for for Mural and and for for everyone in the future of work ecosystem.
0: Yes, of course. I mean we when 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 I started Mural as I said I started as an idea to help me with designing early phases of a video game. Then when we started yeah. looking around and understanding what what people were doing in Mural, uh, we saw folks at IDO the design firm start using it and and, and they incorporated mm-hmm. a little more methodology, right? Like a, like a customer journey and a way of 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 creating diagrams to provide empathy and brainstorming and priorities and so forth. So I started poking around and, and, and trying to learn about design thinking, agile and methodologies for work that are starting to become popular. And then, and, and, and all those first years were really a lot, a lot, a lot of customer development. I think that we were probably like early to market probably in three, four years, right? We could have started Mural like four years later and have a similar right. impact. With less tech debt, <laughs> maybe which we're still dealing with. <laughs> um so so yeah, I mean that that part around customer development and understanding the need really really well it's it's the biggest thing that I coach new entrepreneurs on right don't 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 start building, start learning first um so um. And then IBM, right? IBM came in, we started the company in 2011, in 2014, things happened, interactions happened, and we learned and, and they became our biggest, well, still our biggest customer. And, and again, their biggest reason why they needed me be was because they wanted to work with these methodologies that IDEO and others were popularizing around design and design thinking, but they had a global firm. And most of IDO's practices were focused on studios, right? right. Being in person brought me started from industrial design and prototyping together and sticking notes on a wall and so forth. So, yeah, we realized that, again, for folks, for, for individuals working on these things that in particular were related to design and design thinking, and in particular working in large firms, they're willing to spend good money and that's really 2015 that's where we started the company again but then we were running out of money already and we we, <laughs> we, we misfunded the company i think with the wrong investor early on right. too early um, i was still in argentina when I, I seeded the company so most of the folks were from latin america and were not very talented i think in the early 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 stages of companies. No one in the world was actually, because right. I mean, I don't know the lean startup, testing these ideas, all of those books, or the lean, I mean, the business model canvas, all of the know-how that has been structured in the last ten years is spectacular for early-stage entrepreneurs. Right? It's all Reddit, new, though. Very new.
1: It's all new. I mean, it's it's it was never consolidated and it was never communicated to people. I mean, building a company today is so different just as, you know, in the early 2000s, you had to buy servers. (laughs) You don't even need to do that anymore.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So again, I think that most of the innovation around how to build companies came from the feasibility part, right? So how to build stuff. But we still were building, building, building. And we were building better, faster and smarter, how we built. But we were forgetting about who we're building for and so forth, which, again, I, I guess the last 10 years was most about that, Right. So the agile men- methodology, getting better, building right. faster, smarter, with less waste, but you could be building shit fast. All right? And then and with the, the last right. few years, right. uh, people are starting to understand that. So these methodologies are becoming more and more popular in the space. Visual as a way to collaborate is important because we understand each other in a better way, even people speaking the same language. And then the last thing is, uh, yeah, the, the, so methodologies first and then global pandemic, right? And and people before this, the people at least who were already embraced these ways of working, would travel, do the workshops with their customers or for the retreats and whatever, and do innovation once in a while, and decide, okay, go, 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 and then they would manage in different formats. Now all of those guys were stuck inside. So they had to jump and, and figure out how to do it digitally. Even though already people like in IBM, we had like tens of thousands of monthly active users before the pandemic, right? Because of the, their early adoption. Right, right. So um, yeah, people say, oh, you cannot do this type of work remotely. You need the level of connection that can only be happening when you're in the same room, seeing eye to eye, smelling the same smell. And the reality is like, Yes, but if you only can, quote-unquote, innovate or plan or team build every once in a while, uh, it's probably you're doing it in a worse way than if you get this as a cadence that's more frequent, right? So it's just building muscle. So, so yeah, the pandemic was like the first shock. Oh, oh, everyone has to go online. But then as, I mean, what we're seeing now is that people are start also getting better at it. They figured out how to teleport people and ideas. Now they're figuring out how to better design their time. And hmm. So that's 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 what we're seeing right now.
1: Yeah, not not to mention that I think the, the experience within mural allows people to build new ideas. It, wherever they are? I mean, do you think that if you had had a tool like Mural, you would have stayed in Argentina? Or do you think you still would have come to the U.S.? Or would you have stayed in Argentina for longer? It sort of has allowed anyone to be hired anywhere.
0: So, yeah, well, building a company is more than just strategizing and innovating and, and planning, right? Like there's another part around like uh, serving customers, being close to customers and so forth. That in enterprise software, um, right? Again, because of a lot of the connection that I had done before the pandemic, it helped me out. Right, We already had the reputation before the pandemic and so forth. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we, we have all these right. like, little competitors here and there starting from everywhere, and because of product growth and a nice, beautiful website, yeah, we sometimes don't need it, right? And actually, well, yeah, a lot of our salespeople and customer success folks right started through the pandemic, and and they are selling and and managing accounts in the millions of dollars, and they never met or visited their customers, right? So you could argue that, yeah, being close to the customer uh, in terms of location versus time zone, well, time zone is more important, right? But uh, I, I, I still think that people have the conversation, like, Feel some level of comfort knowing that there's someone mile away. Just I don't know. We're wired that way.
1: Right, right. Well, so let's let's shift gears a little bit. I mean, I know we've we've got been going for about 35 minutes now. I want to make sure I want to be cognizant of time. But in the last, you know, bit of the the conversation, I'd love to hear your thoughts on. Just the United States in general. I mean, it, it sounds to me like you've you have been in the U.S. a lot of years when you were younger, and and also now. But what do you think about the way in which we allow immigrants to come to the U.S.? What was it like to actually be able to come here? Was it easy for you? Do you feel like it is easy for any entrepreneur? And what could the country be doing to do a better job of it? So so yeah, well, so I decided to move in here. Uh,
0: when, but uh, like at some point like we found this company said the llc was incorporated in april 11 C Corp, november 11 so we're turning 10 we've just turned 10 years old as a company but i moved to the us in september t- uh, 2013 right i was married and had a boy baby boy one year old um hmm. so the way we we got into this was through an l1 visa because the us company Owned the Argentinian entity in which I was working. I was getting paid, right, and, huh. and I was getting okay. paid as a, as a CEO working from there. Uh, and I and I and I had to be paid or employed for a year or more to qualify for an intercompany transfer. Intercompany transfer as a manager, not as a I mean, exceptional individual, because unfortunately I'm not exceptional. Uh, <laughs> but um, I would say you are. <laughs> but um, yeah, so so basically, it gave me like a. I had to make a case that I was gonna be hiring people, and the honest truth is that I had no idea that I was gonna hire people or not. Like I was coming here to develop the business so that I could hire people. But so again, that was the first thing, and of course, way back when we had to have an office. Right, and the inspector would come every once in a while to check if the office was real, and and of course, huh. even more than that, I had to spend I don't know probably like forty grand in lawyers through those first few years, which we had as a company, fortunately, and I had also as an individual because I had just sold another company, but mural mural wouldn't exist right. if uh, I couldn't I didn't have money from b- before, right? Like to, I mean, and right now no, we're employing. That is 900 people globally, probably more than half in the US, right? Like, right. Uh, so so yeah, it wasn't, I, mean, I made it through, right? But, but again, it was a lot of work. I mean, at some points I had to be, like, get out, go into the stamping in Argentina, or I mean, in one case we went to Munich because again, just for fun. But it was always, I couldn't <laughs> plan long-term because two things. One was the business, of course, was like still not, not there. And, and if, I, if the business didn't work, the visa didn't work. And then the other, <laughs> that's the other thing. Like my, my visa, even though the business was working, had like a one year, first year renewal, two year, two year. And then, well, we, we switched to a ring card, right? But it was this situation where we're always anxious if we're going to get renewed or not. Um so a lot yeah. of decisions that I made early on probably would have changed and be more impactful if I knew that I would, I, would, I would have been able to stay here for the now eight years that that we've been living in the U.S. Uh, now in Miami, by the way, like this year we decided to move to Miami, but we spent uh, the first seven or so in California and the Bay Area.
1: And th- that's an interesting transition, too, because – you know, the the argument could be made that you probably wouldn't have gone through visa, all the visa hell that you went through if there wasn't a need to actually be here. And now, you know, we're seeing that the need to be in San Francisco has also declined, too. So, you know, was that part of your decision to move to Miami? Like, is is the world becoming more globalized for entrepreneurs or are you is it just mainly moving to Miami? I guess is that is the question.
0: Yeah, the Miami thing was, was more personal, right? We got a third baby and it was a little Yeah, uh, it's closer
1: hard to Argentina. Yeah.
0: Months. It was a, yeah, a little closer and closer to Argentina. But the possibility of being in Miami was because of, of course like the, the pandemic experiment we went through. Right. Plus a lot of years in the area that I already knew a lot of people. Plus um
1: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean that that again it's a beautiful place with water and i was like i was talking to you and i saw like a one of those fishes jump off the water and land the ones with like a, i don't know how to call it but i think i call it like a sailfish literally so anyway it's beautiful here so why not <laughs>
1: yeah and in, in san francisco we have uh crime and uh you know rainy weather so <laughs> you are definitely there's awesome. there's a lot of there's a lot of greatness in, to, in california and and san
0: francisco and the bay area uh, but yeah but we chose here because of our, our little heritage and also for a change uh, after a year where again smoke pandemic uh, premature yeah. child it was we needed we needed a change
1: yeah but it is interesting to that that the pandemic has made that possible i mean and it's it's basically made the world a lot smaller you know in the sense that people can work from anywhere um and uh, I wonder how that's going to affect our ability as a country to attract people like you to come and build a company here. you know maybe you would have just stayed in Argentina because you know it 's possible to work remotely
0: yeah i mean the, the, the u s uh, still has very good um like uh, legal and 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 background right. So like protection of IP and 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 many other things. So people people will still incorporate in the US a lot, but you see folks incorporating mm-hmm. in Uruguay or BVI or whatever. And of course, I don't know what's going to happen with the whole crypto trends because again, they don't even incorporate. So, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I'm I, I'm I still pick the US and I think that it's it's spectacular country and and very progressive in general with, with their where with they're thinking. Hopefully yeah they can upgrade some securities laws and immigration laws to make it even more because I mean it, it has to be the country where innovation happens, right? It's 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 in the heritage and 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 hopefully it fosters because that yeah that's why many of
1: us are here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I completely agree. It's why it's why um you know my parents came to California, and, and um, I think why well, a lot of people come to, to the U.S. Well, um, anyway, this was super fun, and I know that uh, it, you're busy around the holidays, so I really appreciate doing this. It was, uh, it was great to see you in Miami a few weeks ago, um, and uh, hope looking forward to seeing more success uh, with Mural. And um, if there's anything else you want to leave the audience with, I'm going to syndicate this out because it's been a fantastic conversation about how you came to the U.S., so thank you so much.
0: Yeah, I mean the the th- the thinking with the audience is what I said before, right? Like I I I was determined, focused, and and I mean I studied a lot and curious and so forth. And there's a lot of things that probably I, I was um, blessed with. So I mean I was fortunate in a lot of senses. Um, but I'm still like a a dude, right? Like a, a guy. I mean I, I go to the bathroom and all that kind of stuff. So like anybody with enough determination could do this. It's harder when you're not in a position of privilege and so forth, but whoever's uh, out there in, you don't need to be an entrepreneur to be successful, but yes, you need to be entrepreneurial, right? And, uh, if you are listening to this, like if you want to mean it's great to join a company that is trying to build something new, join companies. We are hiring also. Uh, and if you have that entrepreneurial energy, uh, Please come join us.